What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. This is Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. You are listening to the Quick Cage. Frank, what movie are you going to tell us about tonight? So tonight we're going to talk about 2003's Matchstick Men, um, directed by Ridley Scott, uh, starring um, Sam Rockwell and Allison Lohman alongside Mr. Cage. Um, this is a movie that I thought I had seen before, but after watching it, I realized I had never seen before. I had just seen the trailer so many times mm-hmm. um, and had confused it somehow with both Pushing Tin and The Weatherman <laughs> that in my head, like, I had already seen this movie, so... Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest, I've gotten... Since we you started this, like, I've gotten Matchstick Men and Weatherman confused. <clears throat> just based so, on the name. One of the big differences in those two movies is that one is good and one is not. Hmm. Um, this one's got to be good okay i'm excited yeah uh so i went into this completely blind really because i had never i didn't remember i mean aside from the fact that it came out i didn't remember the movie at all or the premise or you know what a matchstick man was um i just knew that like he was you know he was in it and rockwell was in it um the, the premise of the movie is that um cage is a short con man uh that works alongside his partner Frank, played by Sam Rockwell. Um, Cage suffers from uh, Tourette's. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Tourette's plus like agoraphobia. So he's really afraid of the outdoors and like being outside or seeing the outside, um, like an open window and open door causes him to like really have like bad ticks. Um, and start to stutter and like double his speech. Um, so they run some short cons together, um, you know, like some like grifter style, whatever, like bait and switch style things with, um, sort of similar to the like the main grift in the grifters with, um, the stock market exchange thing, mm-hmm. but like on a smaller scale where they're kind of stealing like smaller amounts of money um they also do um telemarketing scams basically where they they pretend that it's like you've won a prize but in order to not pay taxes on the prize you have to buy this water filtration system and they sell it to the people for like several hundred dollars even though it's not worth that much they do this over the phone and then they double back and pretend to be fbi agents and then take the people for more money um, by getting their bank account information. Okay. Um, and this is something that's established that they've done for a long time, and they've both achieved like a relative amount of like you know minor like success and like stored wealth by doing this. Um, so Cage finds out that this woman that he was in a relationship with um, may have been pregnant with his child when they left each other. 
or he knew she was pregnant, but he left her anyway because he didn't, you know, being a grifter and didn't think that he could take care of a kid. So he's using this like quack doctor to just write him prescriptions for this, um, I guess basically like antipsychotic drug. Um, but the quack doctor disappears, so Frank kind of pushes him to this other doctor. The other doctor starts to actually do analysis on him and um, gets out of him that he has some guilt over the fact that he left his ex when she was pregnant, and it's been 14 years, and he doesn't know like what happened. And so um, the doctor calls the, the wife for him, the ex, or not wife, but like his ex, and says, hey, you have a 14-year-old daughter. So um, Cage meets the 14-year-old daughter. Um, they bond, even though at first, like, Cage is really reticent. Like, he develops a lot of affection for her and um, eventually, like, reveals to her what he does and kind of shows her how to do some, like, short con stuff. Um, so he decides that the only way that he's going to be able to have a real relationship with his daughter is to go straight. And he agrees. So Frank's been pushing him for a long time to do a long con. Mm -hmm. So he agrees to do this long con with Frank. And the long con is basically um, like a package switch con okay. um, with this guy for exchanging um, a larger amount of British pounds for a smaller amount of American dollars with the idea that the other guy is like basically helping them launder this money because they have no way to claim it, but he can go to the Caymans and deposit it or whatever. Um, so ill-advisedly, he uses his daughter as part of the con, and it all falls apart, and they, the guy that they're scamming like catches them scamming them, and um, it leads to a confrontation between all of them where um, the girl is possibly implicated in a murder, um, and then the movie goes from there. So... I don't necessarily want to talk about the ending of the movie so much because I guess it's a twist. Like, I, I kind of figured it out about midway through when Frankie and I were watching this movie over the past couple of days. And I said to him at one point, this is what I think is going to happen. But then it goes in a different direction. I would thought, like, oh, I'm wrong. Um, but I wasn't. So I, I think that part of the, the charm of this movie is kind of like, watching all these events unfold and um it's honestly like it's really it's really well written for a movie that involves um you know small time grift it's very much in the same vein as something like the grifters or um like the other guy or not not the other guys the nice guys or whatever i mean like it's, it's got a similar feel to that um scott does a really great job like directing it um, takes place in Los Angeles-esque area, so you know, really bright and sunny, and he, he films that really well, like, it just it comes across as very, like, cheery and charming, and honestly, one of Cage's best performances ever, I think. Mm -hmm. um, he plays a character that's uh, pretty, pretty nuanced and complex, um, but also has some like lovability to him and some believability um rockwell is pretty fantastic in it as the you know scummier like less desirable partner um one of the reasons why cage is successful is because he's he has ocd too so he can't like have anything unclean in his house so he's very meticulous so his meticulousness and his you know his focus it allows him to be really good um at his job 
Um, and he takes a lot of pride in being a con artist and not a con man. Mm-hmm. Like there's several times where he talks about that designation between the two. Uh, Loman is fantastic in it as the daughter. Um, it's just, it's really well directed, really well written. Um, it's got some excitement to it. It's got some charm. Um, it's pretty uh, heartwarming at times. Um, you know, and just overall, like a really complete and entertaining and good movie. So super surprised to enjoy it as much as I did. Um, it pretty much hooked me right from the beginning and I enjoyed it like throughout. Um, I mean, it's not a perfect movie. Um, it's like, it's just under two hours. So it's maybe, there's maybe like 10 minutes you can take out of it of like establishing stuff early on that doesn't really do anything to build because so much of the movie is focused on the father daughter relationship between cage and Loman and him like learning to actually be like a decent human being and care about another person and sort of let his guard down. And um, it's also established that it's possible that he doesn't even have any of these things. And it's just like, he's built, these maladies into himself as part of his like guilty conscience to keep other people away and like keep his mind off the fact that he does like terrible things and steals people's money. Um, and he rationalizes that by saying that he doesn't steal it, that they give it to him willingly because they're dumb basically. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like seriously, this is a pretty, uh, pretty great movie. I mean, it sounds interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, right I get, up, it's, it's seriously right up your alley. Like, I think that you would like huh. so much about this movie just in terms of like in the same way that seeing like the inside of the grifts during the grifters, you know, kind of um, like that, like sort of even if it's not real, like that inside peek into the world of like scam artists and like long cons. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's just really interesting, like watching them set things up and play things out to fruition and, you know, just cage again like super nuanced performance where in his real life he's really like nervous and antsy but then when he's in these roles like playing these characters he becomes really controlled and um like kind of laser focused it's just uh it's it's good so what's your grades on this your scores um i mean it's 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 a solid like 8 8.5 i mean i think it's mm-hmm. it's definitely like a, a B B plus movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Cage's performance is like a nine. I mean, it's hmm. honestly, it's, it's, one of, it's one of my favorite performances. I was going to say, that's the highest you ever given him, I think, on here. Uh, might, yeah, there's a might be like one more. Adaptation, when we talk about that, that'll be pretty high scores, I think, because he's really good in that. Right. Um, it's his, it's one of his best how to say this like actual acting performances as opposed to just saying like oh well it's like a really good cage performance or you know it's really funny or he like catches you off guard or he's just like so over the top which i think that like i've loved him in movies because of that but this is one of the few times where i've sat there and thought like yeah like this guy like there's a reason this dude was considered such a great actor for like a long time and it's shit like this right 
Yeah, I mean, but now this is what almost twenty years ago. What was it? Oh three. Sorry. Oh three. Yes. Yeah. Eighteen. Eighteen years. Yeah. So that's um, what, like a year before an adaptation, maybe. Yeah, I think adaptations oh four, or is adaptation a year before this? Mm, let me look real quick. Uh, adaptation is a year before this. Yeah, it's two thousand two. You're right. Yeah. So, like, he was definitely on a pretty decent run at that point, I guess. Right. He hadn't he hadn't fallen to the point yet where he had to just make movies to pay the bills. Sure. I mean he does um I mean I don't think look, if we're like looking and I don't want to get too because I want to get back to this movie a little bit, but um if you really look at it, it's like okay, so he does a couple of these kind of you know more character driven movies, does National Treasure in 04. Lord of War, I figured he thought was kind of like Matchstick Men. It was like that type of movie, you know, in the sense of like, you know, like a just a character-driven thing he could do. Yeah. Um, Weatherman, really same thing, right? I um, think Weatherman, he was drawn in by the fact that it was Gore Verbinski and it was a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. And he definitely likes dark right. comedy. It just, it's just not a good, not a good movie. Right. And then he does, you know, okay, he does a voice for uh, a cartoon. And then World Trade Center, you know, it's Oliver Stone. And he's thinking like, oh, okay, like, you know, this this guy can do something with this, you know. Um, Wicker Man, I mean, that's a, that's a miss. But at the same time, like, you know, I mean, if he thought it could be like an American remake of the original or something like that before he probably gets on set and realizes it's a fucking joke um, and makes it even more of a joke. I mean, I can see that. Ghost Rider, he's still, like, get a superhero role there. Um, National Treasure 2. It, it really starts in... Do you think it starts in 08? Mm-hmm. No, it's not even, even yet. Even that, though, he's... Like, the Pang brothers, even in that point in time, we're still pretty well respected foreign directors. I mean, they've yeah. done some stuff yeah. that because like, the original Bangkok Dangerous is is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a similar plot, but it's different enough, and it's like it's actually engaging and exciting, and you know, it's kind of like edge of the seat, like like excitement, and it's just like putting. It's always that fucking white man's burden shit, you know. Like yeah. every time that like somebody tries to take some like white dude and put him in a situation where they're like the savior <clears throat> of these like foreign races or whatever it just it falls apart it's just not good and yeah so i mean I, I look you can give him a pass on knowing um because it's alex Prohas, it's sci-fi like i like sci-fi action i can see that he's working with herzog and bad lieutenant i mean like i get that kick ass right. i get that role um sorcerer's apprentice i get that role it's disney you know i mean um it's 11 look at 11 yeah 11's really bad 11's where it starts and it goes downhill from there pretty much drive angry is hilarious though but yeah not on purpose i don't think yeah so it's 2011 um is when all that starts like all that bullshit that we've went through a lot of so far i guess yeah, a lot of his better swell. I mean, but Joe is good and the Croods is good. And... Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of bad shit all in a row. Oof. Yeah. Outcast, the runner, pay the ghost. So the trust is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. I got to watch USS Indiana. Okay. So, okay. So here, here you go, Frank, right? Um, 2009, the IRS filed documents in New Orleans in connection to a federal tax lien against property owned by Cajun, Louisiana, concerning unpaid federal taxes. 
um, alleges that Cage failed to pay 6.2 million federal income tax for the year 2007. Um, there's another lien against him for uh, $350,000 in unpaid taxes from 02 to 04. Cage filed a $20 million lawsuit in 09 against his business manager, Samuel J. Levine, uh, alleging negligence and fraud. So 09 is when all the tax shit starts. Um, and yeah, so that makes sense that like by 11. Sense. Yeah. Because that stuff in, in 10, Kick-Ass, The Sorcerer's Apprentice is probably already in the can. Yeah, or at least sure. already in process. But yeah, then he starts just knocking out these uh, direct-to-video movies. So also, 2011, I did, I did not know this, Frank. Um, he was arrested in the French Quarter uh, in April 15, 2011, for suspicion of domestic abuse battery, disturbing the peace and public intoxication. Um, police officers flagged down by onlookers after Cage allegedly grabbed his wife's upper arm while appearing to be under the influence of alcohol. He was held on uh, custody until the bail of $11,000 was posted by um, Dwayne Dog Chapman. That's um, Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah. Um, and then he later appeared in court in, two th- in May of 2011. Uh, the charges were dropped um, uh, right around that time as well. So also some legal issues there in 2011. So yeah um the the tax stuff and legal issues is and it coincides with when all the bullshit starts oh nicholas yeah yeah did we ever did we ever do fast times that we talked about that we did yeah we paired it we paired it with another rumblefish yes yep so so 84 got to do all three of those movies 86, got to do the boy in blue. We're done 87. <coughs> Damn, so much left. Ugh. Yeah, there's a lot left. Yeah. But but I'm feeling better about it right now because there's positive review and even something that I could like. Oh, yeah, you would enjoy this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's free for you, but it's free for me on YouTube. Yeah. Um, possibly just because of my premium subscription, but it might be free for you with ads. Yeah, uh, it's free on YouTube, it says, just in general. Yeah, so there you go. If you got, like, two hours to kill and you feel like watching it, I... I, really I mean, it has ads to it, like, general YouTube ads, but yeah, it looks like it's free just to watch. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it looks like it's also it has a link to HBO Max, so it might be on Max, too. Mm, maybe. I never saw it there. Okay. Assholes. Come on. The only reason I found it is because when we're, um, you know, some backstory, we do a Zoom call on Saturday nights with our friends. Um, yeah, it's not on HBO Max. And I was just uh, flipping through my movie section of YouTube and I found it. So I was super excited. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's free on there. Uh, yeah, I'll try to remember. I'll, I'll save it here um, to my watch list um, on YouTube. Along with other illegal movies um, that are on there that I have to watch for the future podcast. All right, so can we talk about Ridley Scott real quick? Ridley Scott. Yeah, Ridley Scott. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I'm just looking at his filmography here, right? Um, because of this movie, <clears throat> and then maybe there's another movie or two that eventually makes a list somewhere, but I'm not positive of that. So it might just, it might be worth just taking like five minutes here and kind of like looking over his filmography um 
because he also has if if you like this like if you thought this was a good movie he has a couple movies i've never heard of before one called the counselor and then another one um just from a few years ago called all the money in the world that are both also kind of crime thrillers um or crime movies and considering American Gangster that we talked about on the primary podcast not too long ago, um, a couple weeks ago, is a, is a crime biopic. Um, it's interesting that he moves to crime, like considering his kind of track record um, throughout the years, like he's kind of starts moving into like every other movie, almost being a crime movie. But have you seen those other two? No. Uh-uh. Because this one, The Counselor, I mean... I'd have to look and see real quick on the reception. It has a 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Maybe that's why I never heard of it. But I mean, Christ, the cast is... Um, right, amazing. Fastbender. Yeah, yeah Fastbender Fast when Pitt. he mattered um, five years ago or seven years ago. Yeah. Javier Bardem, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Cruise Mexican yet. drug trade. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, right. Oh, no shit. That's the Cormac McCarthy movie. I've read the screenplay of this. Hmm. Okay. That's weird, but okay. How'd you read a screenplay of this? Did you find it online or something? I bought it. Oh, okay. And it was just something that was like in production hell or something? Uh... And then you bought it and then they finally made it or something? No, I think I bought it. I don't know that it's screened around here anywhere mm. I can't remember what the exact there had been rumors for a long time around this time that uh, Franco was going to try and make uh, Blood Meridian and okay. the only thing McCarthy had done for a long time was um, after the uh, whatever they call it the Border Trilogy was let me try and think how it worked. He hadn't written much for a long time. The Road and No Country, I guess, at that point. But those were like seven or eight years. And then... Like, I was like super like Jones and for some more McCarthy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and this came out and it was like, oh, well, fuck, I need to read this. And it's actually like, it's, it's, it's good. Mm -hmm. And I saw that there was a movie coming out based on it, but then something, I guess, you know, I guess I lost my job at that point Mm. at, um, the steel mill. Like we had all gotten laid off. Right. And I probably couldn't really afford to go to the movies at all Mm -hmm. or was, you know, like doing other shit and just distract. Sure. Um, yeah, that's 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 available. It, it's pay to rent. I mean, it's available everywhere. Um, and then all the money in the world, which sounds interesting to me. Um, reading about it, I've never heard of this either. But it's about the um, uh, kidnapping of John Paul Getty the Third um, in Italy, and how J. Paul Getty like refused to like cooperate with the mafia that kidnapped him. Um, but. Also, like, interesting cast. Uh, Michelle Williams, Christopher Plummer playing Getty. Um, 
Mark Wahlberg playing like a CIA operative or something like that. Timothy Hutton playing uh, my guy playing um, Getty's attorney. So, I mean, it sounds like an interesting cast and possibly an interesting story. Um, he was nominated for, uh, he was nominated for Best Director for it, which I had no idea. You know, um, I remember that, actually. I've read all of McCarthy's novels. He might be the only author I can say that about. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I can say that. Um, James Elroy. I yeah, can say that about. Um, I cannot say that about Elmore Leonard. Uh, Pelicanos, I think I've read everything. But these are all like, you know, like crime writers that, you know, take you like two hours to read a book a lot of times. Well, not James Elroy. Um, but. Yeah, I guess crime writers. I can say some of that about. But. Uh, Chan, you haven't read all of Chan- Raymond Chandler stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 no, I don't think so. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm probably like eighty percent of um, Faulkner stuff. Right. I'm actually probably really close with both Somerset Mom and Graham Greene. Mm-hmm. I might be a hundred percent with Graham Greene. Maybe. I can't imagine you're not. I'll be honest. Um, I can't imagine that. But um, I, this is probably a bad admission. Um, I think I am complete on Lawrence Sanders. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh-uh. Do you remember those uh, crime books um, called McNally's Blank? Like McNally's oh, yeah, Luck, yeah, yeah. McNally's Curse. Uh-huh. I think I'm, I'm complete on those. Um, no, there ain't no shame. I really like that PI a lot. He, he was he's an interesting PI. Yeah, it's just crime writers, I think. Um, I don't even think I'm 100 on King. I don't think I know I'm not because there's stuff in the past. There's actually that dead period for me, where it's like from a Buick Eight and all that shit, where I know that I haven't seen right everything. Yeah. Although his, the past two novels of his that I read, I really enjoyed a lot. Um, what is it, Outsider and uh, um, Doctor Sleep? I thought those were both really good. Um, I'm 100% on Anne Bronte. Good job. She only wrote two novels, so it's an easy one. Um, so anyway, so Scott is interesting to me, like, because it's like, okay, you look at his early career, right? It's like like Alien, which we talked about in the main podcast a number of times. Um, did we ever talk about the first Blade Runner? Yeah, we talked about the first Blade Runner, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. Did we? Well, I don't know. We talked about Rucker Howard. I can't remember if we talked about the first Blade Runner. I know we talked about 2049, though. Actually, I don't think Blade Runner's ever made a list. Yeah. Um, Legend, we talked yeah. about. Um, Black Rain, we'll never talk about, um, unless it's like for some kind of funny podcast, maybe. Um, um, like I make you do a the duelist is a good movie. What is the duelist? His first movie. I've never seen that. It's good. It yeah. might make. A, I don't know what list it would make, but there's a possibility. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine Velma and Louisa. So I'm looking through this, and I can't imagine a lot of these making a list. Like maybe, maybe Gladiator does at some point. But like, I'll be honest. I, I never. I. It's fine. It's a good movie, I guess. But it's like I never got the hype about Gladiator, honestly. Um, and we might make a worse sequels list sometime. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's real fucking rough. Um, if we ever do like the uh, director's cut versus um, original screening uh, pod podcast, like maybe Kingdom of Heaven makes a list. Um, yeah, I love that director's cut. Yeah, so much better. That's where I chipped my tooth. Do you remember that? 15 years, 16 years ago? Uh-huh. Um, don't, don't chew your nails, kids. It's bad. Um, so, yeah, and then he, I, then he has a bunch of shit that I don't know, like Body of Lies is action thriller. Um, Prometheus you hate, right? I love certain aspects of Prometheus. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I probably like Prometheus more than most people who are fans of Alien. Okay. Um, I just think Prometheus has some really big uh, narrative flaws in terms of its like internal logic. Okay. Um, Did you watch Covenant? Oh yeah, I no. can't is that, that is that the one you hate? Covenant is the one that Orion and I saw like opening weekend, and we're so like stoked about, and got so disappointed because it was not a good movie. That's so funny. I I thought that was Prometheus, but okay. Gotcha. No, I didn't see Prometheus in the theater because I thought it looked terrible. Mm. And I just watched Prometheus like randomly one day while it was streaming. Oh, okay. And was like, oh man, like this movie's not nearly as bad as what people make it out to be. Oh, okay. Well, I'll watch Prometheus then. Prometheus has some really incredible visual effects in it. It's got like a and like the world itself has an amazing aesthetic to it you can tell that scott is like just super invested in um basically like like kind of continuing the um the through line of like eager and like the world and whatever that he created um Mm -hmm. the only problem with prometheus is number one like the things that happen don't necessarily make any sense Mm mm-hmm from either like a scientific standpoint or just a um like a logical standpoint yeah um the characters are all relatively unlikable in it and it waits way too long to pull the trigger on like really connecting it to alien and it also doesn't make any sense because like Okay, and now I don't want to watch this movie anymore. <laughs> it's 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 like a backward step. Uh huh. But it's not. I don't know. It's it's so it's so difficult to talk about because, like, number one, Covenant ruins it. Like, okay. if Covenant would have been a better movie, then you could have forgiven so much from Alien. So maybe I should watch or this from, and not watch not watch Covenant. Yeah, you don't want to watch Covenant. Okay. Covenant's responsible for one of like the um one of the big memes over the past like year or so where it's um ah fuck what is his name um Fastbender mm-hmm. um it's like three shots of Fastbender and he's like I prefer something and then like there's a picture and he's like no, no, not that one. And then there's another picture, and then he says, "Ah, perfection." And there's like a picture of a third thing or whatever. Okay. I um, know. I don't know if you've seen that meme, no. but it's 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 from Covenant. Yeah. Um, 
it also like so one of the things that a through line that scott just like i think takes to the illogical extreme is the idea of um androids like basically being programmed to do bad things mm-hmm. like i'm not i'm i'm just I'm, I'm not a fan of that necessarily yeah. like bishop and um i guess it's bishop in both alien and aliens right it's yeah. just like yeah. bishop 2.0 mm-hmm. or whatever right um I don't know. It's just it's it's kind of dumb. Like I, so you only have Ripley, you only have Ripley in it, so right. So he has a movie coming out in November this year called House of Gucci, um, and it's about uh, Gaga stars as the ex-wife of um, that orchestrates the assassination of the head of the Gucci fashion house um, that Adam Driver is portraying. I know you're not the biggest Adam Driver fan, but it also has Pacino, Jared Leto, Jeremy Irons, Jack Houston. Like it had, like it sounds like it would actually be good. Yeah, it really sounds amazing. Huh. You're so bitter. <laughs> I really I can, like I really like Gaga as an actress. So yeah, um, oh yeah, me too, me too. She's really good in that Star Is Born. <clears throat> yeah, I, I haven't watched that yet, but I've almost watched it because I have no interest in re-seeing that story um, ever. But I almost watched it because of her. But yeah, it's 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 worth it for her. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, interesting. It's an inter- it's a very interesting career. Looking at uh, Ridley Scott to me, like that's why I wanted to kind of just talk about it for a little bit because it's like it's all over the place in terms of genre. Um, I mean, I guess Velma and Louise a crime movie too, technically, right? Like a buddy, yeah, buddy sure. road slash crime film or something. Um, but he's like all over the place, like with different stuff, and um, yeah, it's it's a really interesting career. But the fact that he's like every other movie is kind of like a crime movie to some extent um, later in his career is pretty interesting. Huh. Yeah, maybe he just uh... oh, he did a Robin Hood. I didn't know this. He did a Robin Hood in two thousand and ten. I thought you saw that Robin Hood. No, this is a different Robin Hood, Frank. Um, this is this is Russell Crowe, Kate Blanchett, yeah. William Hurt. Yeah, it's all. Oh, that that one's bad too. Oh my God, yes. Oh no, dude the the Robin Hood that me and Orion saw in the theater for Monday Night Movie Club was just a few years ago, um, 2018, and this was directed by a guy named Otto Bathurst. Mm. Um. Who is known for his work on Peaky Blinders? Um, <laughs> um, and this starred Taryn Egerton, uh, who is known for Rocket Man. He played Elton John in that, I guess. Um, and he was in Kingsman, I guess. Um, I Kingsman movies. And then Jamie Fo- Jamie Fox is in it, and Ben Mendelsohn, um, and then a bunch of people that I don't know. Um, so yeah, the problem with that Robin Hood movie is it's that like fucking goddamn grim dark, um, like everything's muddy and shitty, and I don't know. It's just yeah. like it's 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 a really middling movie. Like it's not like bad bad because scott is still a talented director like no matter what it's just Mm -hmm. not it's just it's not really worth your time 
Gotcha. So this, the one I saw in 2018 that Ryan and I watched is, is very funny unintentionally. Um, so if you go into it, watching it, like just realizing you're going to end up making fun of this fucking movie um, and groaning a lot, properly, like it's fine, but um, which we kind of figured it might be bad, but it is one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen. Like it's terrible. It's, it's a, uh, what it got nominated for uh, worst remake, worst picture by the Razzies, um, and uh, worst supporting actor for somebody. Um, no idea. I always feel good when we talk about movies that are nominated for multiple Razzie awards. <laughs> uh, oh, this just has oh, there it is. Jamie Foxx got nominated for a Razzie for it, which there's here's, here's a good idea, yeah. At some point, and maybe, oh. when, mm-hmm. maybe when we're finished the quick cage, mm-hmm. we could do like what the Razzies got wrong. <laughs> like I'll go through the Razzies every year and find stuff that I uh-huh. um, genuinely enjoy that were nominated for like you know multiple Razzies. Yeah, I see those pop up occasionally where it's like there's a movie that I like that I like, and then it's like I realize it got nominated for a Razzie and. <laughs> I'm like, really? Like, I don't. Um, let's just let, let's just test out the theory one, like one time, and then we'll be done. All right. Um, okay. What year do you want? They start in 1980. Give me 87. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um, best picture for that year, uh, Leonard Part Six. Or sorry, worst picture. Worst picture. Leonard Part Six. Ishtar, Jaws the Revenge, Tough Guys Don't Dance, and Who's That Girl? Are you looking at 87? Yeah, 87. Golden Raspberries. I'm looking at 87. It's completely different movies. What were Uh, your movies again? This is the eighth, eighth Golden Raspberry Awards. Worst picture. Oh, this is the seventh, is what I'm looking at. Oh, okay, no. Oh, you're you're looking at the ones for the movies in '87. I'm sorry. I yeah. Was yeah. The ones, oh, okay. The so you're looking at you're looking at Howard the Duck. Yeah. I'm um, I'm, I'm up there. I'm I'm on the eighth. Okay. Yeah, it's Leonard Part Six, Ishtar, Jaws the Revenge, Tough Guys Don't Dance, and Who's That Girl? None of those movies are any good. Look. Jaws. It's not good, dude. It's not. It's 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 like. Oh no. Okay. Okay. Fine. I liked who's that girl when I was eight years old. I bet I would enjoy Tough Guys Don't Dance though. I don't think I know that movie. That's the only one I don't know on that list. I think. So it's a canon film, um, which means that it was produced by um, Golan and Globus, who are like two of the preeminent producers of B movies from the seventies and eighties. It is a mystery comedy drama film written and directed by Norman Mailer. What? Based on his own novel of the same name. I just heard an echo of my what, like, in the background. What? What? It's just echoed again. For some reason, what is, like, echo? Oh, my God. Like, it's a Steve Austin chant or something? Jesus. (laughs) It's Ryan O'Neill, Isabella Rossellini, Deborah Sandlin, and Wings Hauser starring it. So, man, it is... um... Fucking Wings Hauser. Um... Oh, it had revisions done by Robert Town. Robert Town, right. Huh. 
The title comes from an anecdote told to Norman Mailer by a prize fighter named Roger Donahue. Frank Costello, the murder in Concho, and his gorgeous girlfriend greet three champion boxers in the Stork Club. Costello demands that each in turn dance with the woman. Yeah, and I know. Yeah. complies. I'm just I'm reading it for our audience that has managed okay. to stay with yeah. us for thirty uh-huh. some odd minutes. <laughs> right. Sorry. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, um, that that novel is heralded as like one of like the best kind of neo noir <clears throat> um, novels of like the eighties and nineties. I'm never, looking through everything. Never read it. Uh, uh, I don't think Cobra deserves to be on that eighty-six list that you were looking at. Let me go back and look at it. Okay, Hot to Trot definitely deserves to be on the Cocktail. Does not deserve to be on the eighty-eight list. It's not a good movie, but it's not the worst picture of the year. Come on. Um, I don't think either Cobra or Under a Cherry Moon deserve to be on that list. I I think Under the Cherry Moon is, is underrated. I don't think Howard the Duck deserves to be on that list either, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, Howard the Duck is not nearly as bad as people say it is. I mean, I loved that movie as a child. I mean, oh, as, man, as, as a child. Fucking Emilio Estevez is amazing in Maximum Overdrive. That's Fuck crazy. Maximum Overdrive. What year is that on? That's on the 7th annual. Basinger in nine and a half weeks. Oh, you're looking at um performances now. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm scrolling. Yeah, through. I, uh, I think, I think this could work because there, there's some movies I'm looking in the '90s now, and it's like, fuck that. Like, there's some of these movies that are not great, but they're they don't deserve to be on these lists. All right, listen, listen to this fucking worst supporting actors. Okay. Number one, it's already. It's already discredited because it's got Dom DeLuise and Drag and Haunted Honeymoon. Ridiculous. Because that, that performance is supposed to be ridiculous. Of course it is. Louise Fletcher and Invaders from Mars. Fuck you. Invaders what? Mars. I love that awesome. performance. Right. That's a fucking great movie. Zelda Rubenstein and Poltergeist. Too. Oh, Fuck get you. out of here. Like, it's, Zelda Rubenstein is just playing Zelda Rubenstein. Like, right. Um, I don't know this Beatrice Strait in Power. No, I don't know what that movie Kristen is. Kristen Scott Thomas in Under the Cherry Moon. Come on. I can't imagine Chris Scott Thomas being bad that bad to get a, a Razzie. I mean, Under a Cherry Moon is just a vehicle for Prince to be half naked and sing. Like it's, I don't, I don't know what you expect. Yeah, I, yeah, I think this is a good idea. I, I, I think, I mean, yeah, it's different for than doing the Oscars, right? Like, it's actually kind of more positive as trying to defend some movies rather than shit. Tone Chen got nominated for Worst New Star for being in Taipan. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest. Like, Tone Chen's a terrible actress. And, like, in English, at least, anyway. She's pretty bad. Let's go back one more year. You know what? I'm going to go up, like, four years. Hold on. Did, did did they nominate? Man, I see that Sean Young won in like ninety one for like best supporting actress. I, oh, she might be best actress. Let me look at that category real quick because if she didn't fucking get nominated for No Way Out, I have no idea what's happening anymore in the world. Oh no, they gave it to fucking Madonna for Who's That Girl? Get out of here! Come on. 
worse performances than that. Man, they hate Prince. Yeah. Graffiti Bridge. Mm. Okay. Okay, look. And this, I'm done. Oh, hold after on, hold this. on. Here's, here's, here's the thing that discredits the Razzies forever. On the 91 list, worst actor, George C. Scott and Exorcist 3. Go for oh, it. Well, look, Rocky V is a bad movie, right? Sure. Terrible movie. They nominated Talia Shire for worst actress in that movie. Come on, right. seriously? They just did that because they nominated everybody that was in Rocky Five. Right, yeah. If you Funny. keep scrolling down. They hate Madonna, too. They hate any singer that, like, becomes, like, an actor or actress. Like, Madonna's, like, nominated, like, every year on here for something. Whitney Houston and the Bodyguard, really? Like, they hate Shaw Young, too. And I, I at least I can laugh and appreciate that because she's fucking terrible. Madonna won for Body of Evidence in 93. Like, get out of here, man. This is... They, they nominated a song from Repossessed. Have you ever seen Repossessed? I have not. Repossessed is a... Um, what's the company that made the Naked, the Naked Gun movies? I actually don't know that. Oh, fuck. I'll look, I'll look it up. Um, Zucker, no, Abrams, and Zucker? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So... Repossessed is a parody of The Exorcist. Okay. It's like very much firmly planted in like early 90s parody comedy. But the song that's in it is a parody. Like it's a joke. Like how is it the worst song? Like that's the whole point. Is that it's like it's supposed to be like terrible and I don't know, whatever. Maybe this is like an onion thing where it's like becomes a meme or something like among their own like awards. Cause here's Madonna, the 2000s getting nominated for like worst actress again and winning awards. Then Mariah Carey and Britney Spears and Jennifer Lopez. So they're just like nominating like any female. I guess if they're going with Prince, then at least it's not like sexist, but I don't know. They nominated Hudson Hawk for Worst Picture. Nothing like but Trouble for Worst Picture. Nothing but Trouble is a terrible fuck. Hold on. Which Nothing but Trouble? The Ackroyd one? Yeah. Okay, fuck that movie. I hate that movie. Yeah. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Kevin Costner, come on. No, I'm, I'm, I'm getting confused. That's Nothing but Trouble. I was thinking of I Love Trouble, which is also a terrible movie. Um, Nothing but trouble is the one where um Ackroyd is the evil judge and yeah I fucking hate that movie. Chase the show. Oh man, I love yeah. that movie. Hate it. <clears throat> I like <laughs> I love trouble, which is a terrible fucking movie more than I love Nothing but Trouble. Richard E. Grant and Hudson Hawk. Mm. All right, yeah, this 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 will be worth it at some point. Do it like five years at a time. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, we'll do that in um, like they another- nominated the Adam the MC Hammer Adams Family song. <coughs> I love that song. Do you, do you remember that song? I remember that song. Yeah, yeah. they do what they want and say what they want to say. Live how they want to play how they want to play. Something is something that's up as they dance around. <laughs> <Adam's family. laughs> what? Oh Jesus! Uh, legit to quit. It is. All right. So we'll do that at some point. Um, like in a year when the fucking quick cage is over. So yeah. 
It's funny that our one gimmick podcast is giving birth to a new gimmick podcast. <laughs> right, right. Maybe that'll one give birth to another one. Yeah, <laughs> fucking child is the father of the man or whatever. Right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Yep, have a good have night. Have a good night.